Good morning and good coffee. Hey everybody, it's time for some morning coffee with Larry. And I am glad that you're here to join with me today. The podcast is coming out a little bit late because truth be told, it is one o'clock in the afternoon on today, Thursday, the, what is it? The 21st of November. Ah, We are back in Illinois. I was outside working with the animals today. It was sprinkling a cold rain. It's a big gray sky. (laughs) And just with the the cold dampness, I just want to go back to Florida. It was just getting nice the last two days there. Oh, I want to go back because now they were talking about it's it was going to be sunny and in the 80s and well, we did have fun. Uh my wife pointed out to me a few moments ago, she called up and said that the temperature on the van was 55, and that's what the temperature was when we were down at Sanibel Island wearing shorts and sandals, walking in the, the surf, picking up shells with little light jackets on. Uh, yeah, definitely I feel like putting on long johns every time I go outside today. It just doesn't feel the same. <laughs> But I'm here. It's Thursday. Still a few days of vacation. I don't have to go back to work till Monday. And so uh, getting ready to uh, take my mom to a doctor's appointment. So I'm going to have to keep the podcast within reasonable time frames. And uh, let's see. Get ready for deer season. This weekend is shotgun deer season here in Illinois, and there have been lots and lots of deer that we have seen this year. And driving up uh, through on I-57 through southern Illinois coming home yesterday, it was every little bit, several times in every mile, there were dead deer along the, the interstate. So I'm thinking that just based on what our observations have been around here, uh, some uh, archery harvesting of, of deer that has taken place uh, on our property as well as in the immediate area. I think we got a pretty big deer population. And uh, that's one of the things that is important for hunters to manage is you got to keep keep tabs of it because otherwise if it gets too large, then you start having crop damage, you start having fatalities on the highways because the deer are, are there's just too many around. So that's coming up this weekend and trying to find the, uh, the new normal without going completely back into the old normal of, of how life was. Some things can't change, but maybe some things you know, like I said in some of the podcast uh, over the vacation is, is you know, what are the things that you really don't need to be doing that you can either let go of or maybe let somebody else assume so that you have, you know, some, some uh, extra time some for, you know, really good quality, refreshing, ongoing activities, not just cramming more stuff into your day. 
And uh, that that's going to be my challenge, my personal challenge, is so that whenever I go back to work on Monday, that um, I look at it with a new set of eyes. And I think I will. I think I will um, see things uh, a little bit differently because I'm trying to go into it with intention. And having a two-week break from work, I think, will give me that better opportunity than just simply, you know, what a weekend is or a three-day weekend. Well, to get into the topic, um, I while I was on vacation, I brought along a book, and I didn't really get to read uh, in it as much as I had hoped to, but this was a book that I picked up at the AACC conference last month, and it's by uh, Dr. Carolyn Leaf, and it's called Switch on Your Brain, The Key to Peak Happiness, Thinking, and Health. And it sounds like just, you know, okay, here's another, you know, positive, feel-good, self-help book. But what it is, uh, she, uh, I'm trying to think what she actually has her degree in. She is a communication pathologist and audiologist, but has... Uh, been working in the area of cognitive neuroscience since 1985. So this has been the, you know, she she had that as her degree, but has really spent the past 30-some years um, in the field of neuroscience. And really, there's, you know, in how we think about neuroscience today, it's um, it's very different. There's been a lot of change in those years since 1985, whenever she got into it. And so I I was doing some reading on the beach. And yes, I was reading a book on neuroscience on the beach (laughs) and really enjoying it. Uh, My wife was taking pictures of the different birds right there in the surf and the ones that run back and forth with the waves coming in, trying to get little shells that were quickly burying themselves in the sand. Um, so she was doing that while I was looking, you know, reading on, uh, you know, neuroplasticity and predisposition and, uh, the different kinds of activities that can turn on and off certain genes. And there was, there's a lot of really good quotes that I'm getting in her, her book. As a matter of fact, I am highlighting so much. It's like, should I even be highlighting anymore? Because it's, I'm just, there's so much good stuff. And so I wanted to read to you one paragraph and just kind of address this topic just a little bit before I, I uh, close the podcast. <clears throat> and the, the section title is called, Our Brains Are Shaped by Our Reactions. And it goes with the idea, and this this she focuses on a lot, is it's not so much our brain controlling our thinking, but our thinking actually influencing and modifying our brain. And let me read the first part, and, and then I want to toss out a couple of examples. First part of this paragraph says, We are constantly reacting to circumstances and events. And as this cycle goes on, our brain becomes shaped by the process in either a positive, good quality of life direction 
or a negative, toxic, poor quality of life direction. So let's, let's take a look at that first part. We are constantly reacting to circumstances and events. And as this cycle goes on, our brains become shaped by the process. Now, what that's basically saying is as we go through life, as we interpret, as we think, and our thinking causes us to have different actions, different reactions to what we think, that our brain actually is modified by that, those thoughts. And here's an example. Um, let's say you've got a toddler who's not quite to the toddling part yet, they're pulling themselves up. Now, there's, there's things that are built into us that uh, will uh, drive us to certain actions and certain behaviors. It's, that's a, kind of a built-in part of us. But how we act or react to certain things does modify the brain. So as that toddler is starting to take those first steps and they fall and they're understanding, even though they can't put a word to it, they're understanding this concept of gravity that if I am not balanced and I let go of whatever I'm holding on to, I'm going to fall. But if I maintain this concept of balance that I don't know the word of that yet, but I'm getting an idea of the concept, and I balance myself, I can let go and I can stand. And then I can start moving in the direction of walking, the toddling idea. Well, this happens in other ways too. Stop and think about it. When you uh, first start learning to ride a bicycle, well, a bicycle is not a natural action as is walking, we didn't have bicycles, you know, prior to 1700. I think it was in the late 1700s that the first two-wheeled uh, bicycles that didn't have any, you know, self-propelling motion to them. It was just you kind of sat on it and walked with it. I think those were in the late 1700s. So this is not something that's a natural function of, of the human, you know, experience. But when you first try to use a bicycle, you struggle and you struggle, but you're keep, you keep doing it. You keep trying to maintain balance. You work at it. And as a result, your brain starts modifying itself, not just with memories that you access in consciousness, but there are different pathways, different behaviors, different patterns, complex patterns that are grouped together. All these things are taking place, making modifications in the brain so that you don't have to think about it once you learn how to ride a bike. You can just hop on that bike or any bike and take off with it without having to consciously be thinking about all the components. So the brain does that, and that's a pretty amazing thing. Now let's take it from those kind of actions into something different. So let me go to the next part of this paragraph. So it is the quality of our thinking and choices, which is consciousness, 
and our reactions that determine our brain architecture, the shape or design of the brain, and resultant quality of the health of our minds and bodies. Let's take a look at that last part. The shape of the design or design of our brain and resultant quality, the quality that res of, of something that results from that, of the health of our minds and bodies. Think about people you know or think about yourself where the, a situation comes up and they always seem to handle it in a positive way. Why is that? Why do they automatically go to the positive? Is it because of their past reactions, past conscious reactions, past choices regarding thinking that leads them to automatically go down those particular pathways of thinking with the brain? Now think about other people or possibly yourself where when you face those kind of situations or the other person does, they're automatically going into negative, unhealthy patterns of thinking or behaving. Again, without really thinking about it, they just automatically go into that. Again, what's taken place is based upon thoughts and their resulting actions, we set up unhealthy patterns, toxic patterns of thinking and acting in those circumstances. How, does, how do two people find themselves in the exact same situation and one sees it as a positive benefit and the other person sees it as something terrible? How does one person handle these things where another person doesn't? And what she's talking about here is the idea that what we think sets up our brain to automatically want to go into those ways of looking, thinking, and interpreting things. And the neat thing is, what we can do is change that to make it better, to make it healthier, to make it work in our favor for better health physically and emotionally and cognitively and socially and spiritually and that's kind of a big part of what this book is about, is realizing that there may be things that we experience mentally and physically that have more to do with our thought patterns than it really does to uh, just, I guess you could say, the the predispositions or just the dumb luck chance of getting having either certain cognitive disorders or some physical illnesses. So it's an interesting book. As I find more things, I'm going to share them with you. Uh, but what I'll do is on the Facebook page, I'll, I'll do a screenshot here or a, a picture of the, the book and uh, proof that I was actually reading a neuroscience book on the beach. <laughs> All right, people, that's it for today. You have a great one. Make the most of it, and we will catch you tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye.